The Abstract Athlete Podcast, a collision of art, sports, and science. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Abstract Athlete Podcast. Cannot say enough and super thankful for all of our amazing listeners. And as always, thank you to our sponsors. Remember to check out our website, theabstractathlete.com. It gives information on upcoming events and workshops. Don't forget to follow us on all of our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Also, do not forget to listen to Dr. Ron Garbo and Dr. David Seafew on The Abstract Doctors podcast and find us at theabstractdoctors.com and on social media under The Abstract Doctors. Today, we got a pretty epic podcast. Uh, we get to talk with the incredible Worth family. It was actually just supposed to be Hillary and Dennis, but then Hannah and Kim joined on and it was pretty awesome. So uh, we're going to talk to all of them about their family history, which includes Hillary competing as a heptathlete and on the U.S. national bobsled team, Hannah playing professional volleyball, Kim was a U.S. national track star, and Dennis played professional baseball with the Yankees and the Royals. Of course, we cannot forget Kim's dad and brother also played professional baseball, as well as her son and Hillary and Hannah's brother, Jason also had a long, incredible 16-year Major League Baseball career. We will discuss how creativity existed and involved with them. You can also find Hillary's work at Hillary Worth Art. That's H-I-L-L-A-R-Y-W-E-R-T-H Art on Instagram. And what was it like living in the Worth household? And with that, let's welcome the Worths. You there? Yeah. Hey. Hey. <laughs> okay. Wait, wait, wait. One more. So you're okay. um yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ron. <laughs> That's awesome. No, you see you get the dog excited. That's important. My dog's sitting outside my dog's sitting outside. I can get, every, I can get everybody excited. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I love that the dog's barking. This is greatness. Well, oh, yeah, that's, that's Lewis. Thank you. Thank you for doing this, both of you. I'm Hannah. I'm leaving, but nice to meet you, Ryan. Well, you can, you can stay on this too. This is, I mean, this, yeah. is, this is a family affair, right? Yeah. Yeah. We can, we can sit yeah, on the, the chair, yeah. Hannah. Yeah. We can sit on the dining room table for the, the coffee table here and just kind of sit right here. Yeah. yeah. She's coming back here and she's going to sit down here. Yeah, so. that's cool. Where are you going? Yeah. Oh, she has to go back. Oh. <laughs> she wasn't. She wasn't. We're not uh, editing any of this out. So that's now on. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. We'll, all right, we'll I'll, edit I'll, all this out. The, 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 yeah. the, the pre- so, ah, <clears throat> uh, good times. Right. By the way, this is Zeke the Freak. <laughs> I, I got my, my dog named Shay, of course, named after Shay Stadium, is sitting out back looking at squirrels as if they're taking over the yard. 
So, (laughs) so she is the protector. Well, thank you all for doing this. This is awesome. Um, and it's good to talk to you again, Dennis. I mean, Hillary and I talk, I don't know, like once a month at least, right? Something like that. So it's, I mean, we, God, Dennis, it's been probably a year since we chatted, I think. And Hannah, did we talk by email? Am I, am I wrong in that? I can't even remember. I don't think so. Time, time is like lost. So, but I mean, you know, like we always, with, with the podcast, we always, um, like to just get background and, and like, this is like your stories and stuff like that. And I think, you know, your family is so interesting in, in terms of there's so much athleticism within the family. There's so much creativity within the family and um, you and Hillary in particular, like are really doing specific things, but like, you know, I think it's cool to talk about your backgrounds as athletes. I think Dennis, I told you, I watched you play when, when you were with Columbus back in the eighties, which I just think is hysterical. Um, I was pretty good then. (laughs) I think I was too. Well, maybe, I don't know. 13, but had moments. I I, I fooled him for a couple years. there. (laughs) That's not a bad thing. So yeah, I mean like just again, I, I, I want you guys to like talk and, and just it's, it's really about, you know, your stories and you know, like, it can be the past. It can be the future. Like how, you know, like you as a baseball player, Hillary, you as a, as a heptathlete and bobsledder, but then how you got into being creative or if you were creative your whole life and Hannah, you can jump in whenever and, and tell your story as well. I just, I, again, like, I just think it's, it's a cool, real family oriented story, which I think is like kind of nice. Mm-hmm. So welcome, by the way, to the Abstract <laughs> Athlete Podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Dennis, why yeah. don't you start? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, kinda, it's kind of crazy how this whole thing began with um, me meeting their mother. Right. So, <laughs> and, That's a good place that, to start. <laughs> that, that actually happened Who is also a world-class athlete correct uh yeah and it you know i mean up until that point i was god how old was i I was 31 31 i think when i met (laughs) him and um anyway um dickie was with the angels and reggie jackson was a buddy of mine and he actually went to the angels and i got let go by the kansas city royals and so he he got me um an invite out to their uh, minor league camp. And so I went out there and was with Dickie a couple, I don't know, a couple weeks maybe after he came out of the major league camp and um, basically might've had two or three conversations with him that consisted of maybe 10 words. I mean, he didn't, didn't say a whole lot, but, but um, um, yeah, I can't say what I really want to say, but anyway, uh, <laughs> I assure you on this podcast, you can, <laughs> that, that didn't last very long. So I came home and I made one call to a Ray Smith down. Uh, I know you remember that name, a Ray Smith. Cardinals, like, oh, Hey, Hey. Uh, so, so anyway, um, I made one call and they said, yeah, get your ass down here. So um, I went down and joined for and Dyer Miller 
and down in, in uh, Louisville. I, you got to say that right, too. Louisville. I'm from Columbus, yeah. Ohio. I know how to say it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I went and I went there and, um, you know, obviously the Cardinals were very uh, private with their organization and they wanted to use their players. And, you know, the, the they weren't like the Yankees. The Yankees got a good player and if they could win, they would. It didn't matter where that player came from. It could have came from Egypt. You know, I mean, it didn't matter. Um, and so I kind of just sat there and wore it and uh, became the bullpen coach for Fergosi. And um, I kind of went back and forth. I was back. I was back in Columbus. Was it that year? I don't think it was that year. I think it was 81. Um, what was, what was George Sisler came over and bought my contract. Yeah. And, yeah, I remember and I went that back. Man. Yeah. And I went back over and because uh, Balboni and Madeline are both were in the big leagues. And I went there a week. And I think Balboni came back. And that was the start of Mattingly's career in 81. That's that's where Donnie baseball started. So um, he, he did well. I got stories about that. I'm not going to bore you with that, but, um, I assure you my, I assure you my business partner would love that as a Yankee fan. Honest God, I got to tell you this. I, I saw him on the beach down in, um, instructional ball in 1979. Jeff Torborg was down there with me and I was brushing up on my catching skills. And, um, let me think a second. So Don Mattingly was down there. He had just signed. And oddly enough, he was a 19th round draft pick, just like myself. Yep. And, and um, obviously in different years, a lot of different years, but um, he's on the beach and uh, I look over and I go, who's that? He goes, uh, that's my fiance. We're getting married tomorrow. <laughs> and she was 16 years old and he was 18. I said, you are the stupidest. I can't even say what I said. Are you, are you the- Anyway, long and short of it, did he get divorced? Yeah, because he married. Yeah, he married a psycho. <laughs> anyway, I remember that as, as it was yesterday. But anyway, getting back to eighty-one, I didn't mean to skip around there on the. But uh, I prefer that. This 81, is good. Eighty-one. I went. I went back to Columbus, and basically, Bob Boney came back, and I just started playing golf. So that's that. Was, Hey, Columbus has good golf courses, at least. So, oh yeah, they do. They do. And um, um, my high school baseball coach was there, and I stayed with him. And so we'd go out and play golf together. That's it was awesome. kind of crazy. Yeah, in Columbus, Ohio. So, yeah. Columbus was uh, very, very near and dear to my heart. I, I really like Columbus. One of the best. One of the best minor league. Uh, facilities I ever played in. In fact, I, I might go as far as say it was the best. Wow. Okay. Well, they have. They have, um, have you been back in a while? Because the new stadium's beautiful. Well, I got another story to tell you. Okay, so Jason. <laughs> so Jason, he, you know, he goes to AAA with Toronto, and, and he shows up in Columbus. Mm-hmm. And so, um. We get to the ballpark and I drive over and he's having a little trouble hitting. So we go out there about two o'clock and we hit off the tee. And I said, look, you're doing this wrong, that wrong. Well, anyway, it wasn't two weeks later. He was called the big leagues. So I got him straightened out. He went to the big leagues. 
But in the interim, I, I, he was while he was getting dressed, I walked in the stadium, yep. and they had these they had they had these backsided players from years and years and years and years and years, yep. and they had Roger Holt up there. Okay, and they had uh, Derek Jeter, and they had everybody that you could ever imagine. Yep. Back, back, back. Now, I couldn't believe that being the Columbus Clipper of the fucking year in 1979, okay, that my picture would not be in that goddamn screen. Okay? So, bottom line. You want to make some calls? You want to... Me and Ken Schnocky are not friends, okay? okay? <laughs> Ken Schnocky can kiss my ass. <laughs> I think Hillary just disappeared from the screen laughing. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. But anyway, he's a piece of shit, and I don't like that guy. And uh, I, I I will not go back to over there because of that. I've been invited a couple of times. Okay. So, anyway. I can make some calls, you know. I'll, I'll make That's, some calls. That took a turn. That took a a quick beeline real quick. Yeah. That's yeah. Story. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's, that's how, so how am I dad? Oh no. There, okay. there, oh, there, there. Is it charged? Is there- <laughs> yeah. yeah charged. <laughs> so how my dad and my mom met, we, I, I hope you all know this. I'm sure you know this. Through Dickie. Through Dickie. Okay. Yeah. We all Man have, of many words. We all have severe attention deficit and attention hyperactive as you will, as you can tell, we, we have a lot of issues. So just stay with us. We jump around, squirrels and bunnies, lots of detours, great stories. So how my dad and my mom met? Yeah. My uh, uncle. Oh yeah. Yeah, my uncle is with my mom. Can I, can I get it? Yeah, I told that story a thousand times. Yeah. <laughs> so they're walking, and my mom, she was down at University of Florida, and she uh, was a single mother with my brother Jason, um, divorced and. Went through a, a rough patch there with her first husband. Um, he was also an athlete. But anyway, she was walking and she was with my uncle, Dickie. And Dickie turned to her and said, oh, my God, that's Dennis Worth. But we were in a, we were in a, we were in a bar in Springfield. Wait, wait, we get, we'll get to that second. This, okay. this is the first. How do I know the story better? How do I know that you were married at 31? I'm 29, by the way. So anyways. Uh, they're walking and Dickie turns to my mom and said, Oh my God, you don't know who that is. And, he, and my mom's like, no. And I don't care. Cause you can imagine my mother, he's, he's delivery is great. My mother's delivery isn't always so great, but the message is still clear. Let's put it that way. So anyways, um, she, he turns to my mom and says, you're going to meet him. Be nice. That's what she, he said to my mother. And my mother walked up to my dad, and my dad, of course, had a chick on either arm and was like, What's up, honey? What's going on? And he goes, Ooh, track star. My mom looked at him and goes, Ooh, asshole. Walked away. <laughs> then they're at Boone Saloon. Is that right? They're Destiny. 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 That happened, yeah. Yeah, and then so, anyways, they they it was like a little bit of time. Well, that, yeah, that was October 15th, and then, um, the day after the day after Thanksgiving, that Friday, we were at another place right down the street, and um, they both had dates. We they both had dates. Not each other. Which no, she didn't have a date. No, I she, did. No, she did. I, no, no, she didn't. She, I did. The guy fell I don't know. This. I don't know this part. Can I get it? Because mom still this also. Like, okay, yeah. Dancing with the guy. She didn't have a date. And he fell down, and she walked away from him. And then Dennis swooped in and grabbed her and said, 
all right, you ready? And they went on one date. Yeah. And he, and before the date even happened, he pulled her in and said, let's get this over with and kissed her. And then five weeks later, he gave her an engagement ring. And wow. how he gave her the engagement ring was they were at a, a New Year's party and he took her hand and put it under the table and put a ring on it. And then she didn't know and she looked at her hand and there was a ring on it. Wow. That's true. That, that's, five, that's, that's pretty good. But here's the thing. When he was 18 and she was 13, sounds creepy, but my mom was like getting on planes and back in Russia. Okay. So she was doing USA track. He had seen her because it was Dick Schofield night at um, the St. Louis Cardinal stadium and old Bush stadium. Old Bush stadium. And so the whole family went out onto the field and my dad and his buddies were probably drinking beers. No, 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 no. We were only 18 years old. They were drinking 19. Maybe we were, <laughs> we were actually American Legion baseball players. And it was myself and a good friend of mine. That's not in such good shape. Now, uh, Steve Stive urban. And then there was a guy by the name of Mike Sprague and Mike Sprague. Uh, uh, this is even weirder. Hold Mike, on. Mike, Mike Sprague <laughs> is actually lives in Columbus, Ohio as a G, um, G-Y-N-O or whatever they are. Oh, gynecologist. Guys, 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 can we stay focused? You're at Nick Schofield night, okay? okay? Okay, So anyways, my mom walks onto the field with um, her family and, um, you know, Dick Schofield, obviously, a really good shortstop, all that jazz, blah, blah, blah. And my dad looked at, took one look at my mom and then turned to his friends and looked back and then looked at him again and said, I'm going to marry that girl someday. Wow. And he, he she, looked, she looked grown and all that stuff, so it wasn't that creepy. So anyways, when yeah, they finally it, met. Yeah. <laughs> Honest to God, at 13, she looked like she was about 16 or 17, maybe 18. Yeah. So. And then, yeah, he met her finally. And then uh, five weeks after they met, he gave her an engagement ring and they've been together for 30, what? Too many. Too many. So many years. <laughs> Isn't that cute? That's that's a damn good story. That's a damn good yeah. story. Like the whole we had to worry out with all that. The ring <laughs> the ring under the tape that's a that's that's pretty that's pretty epic. I didn't yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Hey. And before I did it, I, <laughs> before I did it, she was staying with uh, her dad, mom and dad. And before I did it, I I, uh, I pulled it out of my pocket and I showed Dick Schofield Sr. I said, look, I hope you like this. You didn't even ask for it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Somebody else already did that. So I just opened the box and I said, hey, I'm giving this to your daughter. I hope you like it. Oh, <laughs> man. I didn't know that. Yeah, and I put it back in my pocket. I so. didn't know that. I didn't know that either. <laughs> Yeah, Hillary, you don't know any of this, do you? I I knew the like the meeting and and um, him being like, oh, track star. My mom being like, oh, Ooh, asshole. But I didn't I didn't know like the how you put the yeah. ring on your finger under the table. I yeah. didn't I didn't know that. I knew it was five weeks later, but all of yeah. those little pieces. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna. You, you don't have any questions so far, do you, Chief? <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I'm good. I'm just letting you guys riff. This is like this is brilliant. So I'm gonna I'm gonna prompt him because he won't say this because I've actually written a mini biography on him about his life. Hillary, you probably don't know that. I I have the I feel like I have the responsibility to write the book, but I get distracted, so I'm gonna need some help. So maybe we can talk. But um, <laughs> basically, basically when he was born. Um, they looked at him and gave him to his mother and said he has what three weeks 
Mm-hmm. Three weeks to live. Wow. He had a deformed heart and it was shaped like a boot, like it was inside out. So they said, take him home and enjoy your baby because he's going to die. It was, it was called a, at that time. They, you know, I mean, things are a lot different now, but it was a congenital heart yeah. condition. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't, I think it was three, three months. I think maybe yeah. she was, take, take, it was Dr. Eveloff. He said, take, take him home and love on him. Cause he's not going to live very long. Yeah. And wow. so he has one one ear, I think it's the other ear, that's the cartilage is so thin you can almost like see through it because all she never like let him down. She like always held him. Yeah, and so I got a parade and just all that. Yeah, so one side of my, my head looks like a taxi cab going down the street with the door open. <laughs> well, I, my my nose looks like I've been in like a fifteen hundred boxing matches, so I mean, you know, we all have our deforms, which is good. So But that's that funny. I mean like that's interesting that you were able to become a professional athlete because a lot of times those things, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, like keep, keep you out of being able to play. Yeah. yeah. But, you, had, you had no issues, I mean, right? No. I'm... Yeah. But crazy. So like, again, like this, this family of yours, Hillary, like, please jump in, you know, like you were, you know, like I assume like there was like incredible competition within the household in some ways. Is that, is that be, I mean, I, I see both I of you are laughing. So I remember when we lived at Rochester, Hannah, do you remember that we were sitting and we were eating, I think we were de- we were eating dinner and we, all three of us, Jason, Hannah and I were talking about who was faster. Oh man! I think it was between Jason and I. And so we like ran out to the fence and back, like we like were in the middle of dinner. And, just oh, really? got up. and I think Hannah, you like you came out like you were you were really little like you were just trying I was to like I up. was like two or three, right? You were like I like yeah I don't know you, but you were just was trying I to like I I want to play, but yeah I I got my ass handed to me. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. I was too little. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we, we, we were competitive. We don't do like games or anything. I just started playing games with my boyfriend. And um, he's psychotic. So I am like, wow, this is showing me like him and my dad will play backgammon. And my dad's in the living room throwing the dice into the, you know what I mean? Into the backgammon board, screaming and yelling at him and, and they're running around the house. And I'm like, this isn't right. Like, so we don't do that much. Yeah. Anymore. But <laughs> it's pretty fun. Well, how, but, like, yeah. how, how did you, how did you guys, all get into creativity like Dennis did it did it come later like Hillary you were you kind of always did it correct I mean was that kind of in part of the household in in, yeah I just I just always remember like we would we had come home and I would like come home from school and Kim was always like painting stuff or we'd always go to Michael's with her and get like acrylic paints and she used to make these um she used to have this guy um, make these, like, they were, like, plant stands, and they were made out of, of wood. And yeah. they laid the hands. that They were, like, formed, like, like people, and then she would take wire and put hair in it, but, like, the the wood was here, and then the planter would go here, and she would just paint the whole thing. And, she um, but she did, she did so many, yeah, she did so many different types of, like, crafty projects and stuff. So I always just, like, remember coming home and her, you know, doing that. But then like, I always remember being super drawn to my dad's like wood shop and like, he was always fixing stuff. And like, there's all those little like trinkets out there. And I like, I remember coming home 
I remember, you know, dad, you came home and I was playing, <laughs> I remember I was playing like street hockey with like the kids, like at the back church lot and my, uh, my hockey stick broke and I went and I got his like DeWalt drill and like put the Phillips head on it. And I was like five and he like came out and he was like, buddy, what you doing? And I was like, well, I got to finish this hockey game. And so I was like taking like the end of the stick off and putting it back on. And I just always remember being super drawn. Like I always wanted to, like when we went to Menards, like I like lived for that. Like it was my favorite thing to go to like the hardware store with, with, with Dennis. Yeah. <laughs> and where, I mean, Dennis, did that, where did that come from? Like that, wood shop mentality like the 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 you know tinkering around in that space because again it obviously you know it affected hillary it affected hannah i guess i mean you know like it, it nah nah yeah the, the, kim 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 was like very artistic and um very creative i guess um my my dad was a German, obviously. Hundred percent uh, German. Yeah, and um, <laughs> he just he 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 didn't have the poly. I mean, he, he his mind worked really good putting things together, but he didn't have the polished part of it. And my, and my mother actually was like so creative. She was a knitter. Uh, she was a crocheter. She uh, built Christmas wreaths. I mean, she was. She's a lot like like Hillary and Hannah um, with their you know their their makeup and their creativity. <laughs> but um, I guess I got I got the you know the, the 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 big picture from my dad and then the finished picture from my mom. So right. I, I I was kind of crossed between two. Go grab that lamp. <laughs> you probably remember these. Oh yeah. Um, when I was in columbus okay well you i don't know if this is this this is what it looks like now yep so you guys you it, guys should take you guys should take the computer downstairs and show them the wood shop and how all of your drills are set up to different lengths like each drill is set up for a specific cut he has multiple yeah. miter saw um dewalt like so they're set up to specific cuts like he doesn't move them but that and, and, and again like hillary you're it's interesting to me because you like you're a painter, but you also, you have a lot of woodworking blood in you, obviously, because yeah. I think you- I mean, right. all, of, all of those panels back there, they're all made out of wood. And then, yeah, I just, I put up like a, a fox wall over there just so I could hang like, cause it's well, I mean, you, and I guess it's your old house now. Like you did like the entire, like different rooms, like you like remodeled your entire house. Yeah, I mean, like, so this this will be like my second or third. Well, I mean, I'm planning on staying staying in this house, but um, but yeah, flipping flipping houses. And then it is, I mean, is is your mom creative as well? Like, is there like the creative gene in that sense? I mean, like that's what I'm getting at. Is like I always think about my childhood, and even though like I was an athlete, I did all the you know football, baseball, basketball, and all this stuff. But I was always a kid that sat at the kitchen table too and like drew and, and did like yeah. creative things. Yeah. Like, I, like kind of like what my dad said, like he feels like he got, you know, one part from his dad and the other part from his mom. Like, I feel like I got, like my stuff is basically a, a, a melting pot of like 
my dad's woodworking skills and that type of creativity with my mom's like artistic skills. Right. So, yeah. Oh, that's cool. I, yeah, I, I agree with that. And I can say that because I'm like, I draw and stuff, but I'm not like a, a woodworker. Um, I, I'm just the baby. So I just kind of, you know, they were like, yeah, oh, but, but, but Hannah, you, you've got, you, you do a lot of like illustrative kind of stuff. And like Hannah yeah. always loved taking art classes, like in school, like that was her, her jam. Like you always. Right. Yeah. Like, and then Hillary always had my back because there were some times like I, I played club volleyball and it was an hour away and it was three times a week for four hours a night. <clears throat> and that was a huge commitment. So, I mean, I was, it was really a lot. And then I'd play in Chicago every weekend. <clears throat> so I had these art projects and I remember there was a few of them and I was like, Hey, Hillary, can you help me out? <laughs> and my teacher, my all, every art teacher Hillary had didn't like me for some reason. <laughs> I was like, really and they're like well you're never you're hillary wouldn't do that and i was like okay i was like take it easy i was like all right this lady's got issues mrs mrs k you remember mrs k she hated me i love oh mrs k she outwardly told me she'd look at my stuff and she'd be like mm, your sister could do better and i was like yeah because hillary's a professional <laughs> so anyways I remember I had to do an art project and I said, Hillary, can you do it for me? And this, this was Miss Otto. This is a different teacher. And she was, she was nice, but she still was like, you're just not, you know, they, they had high expectations. And I was like, nah, I'm good. Like I, I'm okay with how I am. Anyways, I gave it to Hillary and Hillary painted me this amazing picture of Jason. And the teacher looks at me and she looks at the picture and she looks back at me, looks at the picture and she gives it back as a grade. And she goes, this was almost too good and i was like yeah. busted like, i got picked to be in this like um you know art show or whatever you want to call it but anyways i i don't know but yeah I, third party standard here i think hillary gets a lot of her design and structure and her perfection from my dad and the funky kind of tone from my mom's side because my mom's into color and pop and just like, you know, art, pop art and stuff like that and, and, and different unique pieces. But my dad is very, everything has a place. And I, I see that in Hillary's art and the fact that she makes her own palettes and everything like that. But the thing, the, the stuff with his baseball lamps, um, and I'm just going to go ahead and jump to that and, and kind of prompt well, it. Um, did is Jason have any like does he do anything art wise as well like is this and that's what like is it <laughs> that's where it's nope not even at all okay <laughs> nice to finish but you know uh, <laughs> but he, no, appreci but I, he appreciates it but he yeah. doesn't do it yeah 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 but he, he's too busy getting himself swinging the bat and getting himself ready to yeah to do what he has to do so yeah. um he was always in the batting cage yeah. since he built. first batting cage was when he was nine years old he builds he builds those for people dennis yeah, I built, by his hand I built, by about, hand I built 12 of those around here i even yeah. actually have a blueprint i have we, a blueprint really we couldn't buy a house unless we could put a batting cage in the backyard yeah 1804 oh, awesome. Mayfield. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's still there, isn't it? Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 But yeah. So to go back with what he was saying, and this is, I'm just going to prompt it and then he can take over. But um, in the biography kind of that I wrote, um, it was, I, I'm not sure how old you were, but you were playing 
AAA baseball and you came back to Lincoln and, and Cornfield, Illinois, and you were building houses and you were working out and you were going to college. Um, and he played basketball and baseball at Lincoln uh, College. And he's like in the Hall of Fame, all this stuff. Um, but he got a phone call from Lou. Oh, Lou Maguala, the guy that signed me. So he was 70. I signed on his 75th birthday. But So here's the thing. He showed up in Mount Pulaski, Illinois, or whatever. Lincoln. In yeah. Lincoln, Illinois. And he said, and, and basically is because um, Thurman Munson. Yeah. Yeah. Munson died. No, 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 no. Lou Maguala was the guy that originally saw me at SIU Edwardsville. He had followed me through American Legion. He had followed me at Lincoln College. Um, I was very fortunate to have uh, Chuck Lindstrom as a uh, mentor, as a coach at Lincoln College, because his father was Freddie Lindstrom, Mm -hmm. Hall of Famer. So that's kind of where I really, and my, my best friend's dad, um, was Emil Verbin. You remember that name? Probably not. Not, not, no. I'll look it up yeah. now. <laughs> Emil Verbin yeah. and Emil Verbin, uh, during the time when everyone was at the war, he had something wrong with his ears and he played second base for the Cardinals. Okay. And he also played for the Cubs. Yeah. But, but anyway, I learned a lot from him as well. So, so the guy came in. Cause I, my, my dad was a farmer. He, he, he couldn't spell baseball. So <laughs> he, my, but my mom, my mom told everybody that I was going to be a, a, a baseball player. I, I, I didn't know that till later on in life. So she might've been one of those that was talking to me in the womb, you know, like, Hey, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to play for the Yankees, which I ended up doing. But, She's a prophet. Yeah. Total profit. I'm not, I'm yeah. looking up. How do you spell it's Emil E M I L. Yeah. Emil. And then Verbin V as in victory. E R B A N. Oh, B A N. Okay. okay. Yeah. Tell him about how you saw the lamps that the guy brought you though from St. Louis. St. Louis. Okay. So anyway, Lou Maguala had a furniture store and it was Maguala. This is before China and all that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they actually made the own furniture, whether it was um, maple or cherry or walnut or whatever. They had this huge factory in St. Louis and he, he was a scout and he was part of the family. So when he wasn't scouting, he was part of that, that furniture factory. And he made a lamp that had a base on it that was round and then the, the knobs of the bat were the feet. And then the bat was about this tall and it was coned out and it had a ball in the middle. Anyway, that's, that's where all that started from. Yeah. Now it's all, and I then mean, I've, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, it's awesome. Like, I think that like, you know, and Hillary says that it's almost like you have your own little factory downstairs in your, I, in your I, wood I shop and like that idea of like how, you know, you can customize stuff. You still probably tinker around with playing with different, I, like you could do individual players and different stuff. Like I just, it's, yeah. I think it's like really cool. 19, 1980, I went to, was it 80, 81, 81. I went to spring training and I, and I made in 1980, I, I shipped home one bat of every player on the team, like Nettles and Jackson and went, you know, everybody. And I took all those lamps to spring training and, and handed them out. Yep. But they were they were a little prehistoric at that time because they're 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 a real finished product now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And you say tell, you feel like tell, them, tell them about your baseball amps being on Seinfeld. Oh, oh they yeah, were? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Seinfeld and also uh, Tim the Toolman. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Home Improvement. Yeah. Home Improvement, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I, I like it. Seinfeld because he's a Met fan, so, you know. Well, there you go. <laughs> didn't, didn't, like, Thurman Munson, though, that's why you got to go to the Yeah, that, that story's great. In, 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 19, in 1979, well, you probably already know that, um, I think is, is he – what, what what was the August 11th, I think, or 8th? I'm not sure what the day was that, that he uh, – they had a day off, the Yankees did, and, and he went back to Canton. Yeah. yeah. And he, he, he was just – he was just uh, switching over planes. I, I think he, he had a turboprop, and then he went to a jet, and he landed too short and hit a, hit a, a tree stump or something. Yeah. Anyway, that's when he died in August, and then that's – that's when I got my opportunity to go to the big leagues. But in the winter, that was when they, they signed Sabrone. Oh, really? They, I, just, I didn't know that. I actually remember, yeah, they, I actually remember where I was <clears throat> when Thurman Munson died. We were driving back from Washington, D.C. I, I remember being in the car with my family and, and hearing it on the radio, I think. And, and I was sitting in the locker room in Richmond, Virginia. That's where I am right now. I'm we're, we're, that's why that's why I live. Yeah, this is all becoming synchronicity. Yeah. And we 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 actually um we were playing the Braves at the time yeah. in the International League yeah. and I yeah. was with I was with Columbus. Yeah. So um that's crazy. I mean, we, we it was the first night there because I remember walking in and everyone was just kind of with their head down and and I said I said something smart as I usually did, and I, I and they said Thurman Munson just got yeah, killed. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, no. You know, part of part of me just went, just you know, it dropped, and then after after you you go, huh? You know, you know, you think, what what's the next move? So at that point in time, we had two really really good catchers, as you probably well know, uh, Bruce Robinson. Uh, that came over from Oakland, and then from the Dodgers, we also had um, Brad Goulden. Oh yeah, I remember, remember that. that guy. Yeah, I remember that guy. Yep. He, he couldn't say Goulden. It was Goulden. <laughs> Goulden. Yeah, he was from Minnesota. And uh, so anyway, Brad got called up, and I don't know who the other catcher was at the time, but they finished the year, and they were we w- when we were done. I actually went to the big leagues, but by winning, we won and we won and we won and we won and we won the governor's cup that year, 1979, 1979, we won the governor's cup championship and, um, it, you know, we, we kept playing and we kept playing and we kept playing. I hit 444 in the playoffs <laughs> and, and, um, we we beat Syracuse at the time. Oh yeah. And I had been Syracuse in seventy seven before we went out to Tacoma in, in uh, seventy eight. Yeah. And then and then seventy nine we were in Columbus and that was all whole new thing. And in seventy seven I got hit in the face with a fastball. Oh, yeah. Everybody in the organization wanted to show get me, rid of me. Show me teeth. Everybody wanted to get rid of me except Hoyt Wilhelm. Oh, nice. And, That's not a bad person to have on your side. Right, right. He goes, and I, I found this out later. He said, 
Did you ever talk to Hoyt? No, 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 no. You, you know, Hoyt had, had that wandering eye. Oh yeah, I remember. I remember. Yeah. His head would always be like this when he was talking to you, yeah. you know, like this. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I guess everybody went around the room. They said, "Yeah, I don't think this guy will ever play him because his mouth." And I guess, I guess Hoyt stood up and he says, "You son of a bitches." You let that boy go, he says, I'm walking out of here. He said that about you? you no, know. Hoyt Wilhelm said that about me. Quick break to remind everyone to check out Hillary Worth's art on Instagram at Hillary Worth Art. That's H-I-L-L-A-R-Y-W-E-R-T-H Art. And do not forget to listen to the Abstract Doctors podcast with Dr. Ron Garbo and Dr. David Seafew. Now, back to the Worths. I went to um, uh, Tacoma, Washington, and um, I, I was just hanging around, and Mickey Klutz and Del Austin got traded to Oakland. And that's when I started to play, and I ended up hitting 17 home runs in a half season, and, and I hit 333. 17 home so runs back that. then. 17 home runs back then is a whole different world. Yeah, that was. That, I hit. I hit 17 home runs in um, the next year in Columbus. It's right. good. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, it's it was crazy back then. Who was that? That's a different game. Back then. Yeah. I mean, so like yeah. Hillary, like how, wait, how old would you have been? When that weren't back then? You, I when born, I was playing. I was, I was born in 87. So you weren't, yeah, you're, you were not even part of no, any no, of the no. travel. Okay. No, no, no. I, I was done after 80, yeah. 83, 84. Let's see. 80, 81, 82, 83, 84. I was done. But there's that, obviously, that, that, obviously, like again, coming from two parents that are like world class athletes, like that was like a huge part of your your both of, like all of the childhoods, I assume. Hey, let's, hey, hey, Ron, let's get this straight. She was the world class you, you athlete. Were just a, you I, were just a catcher. I, I was, <laughs> I was just a turd from the farm. You were, you were a catcher. I know those catchers. <laughs> I, we we all know about catchers. So. I was a center fielder. We we were the athletes, center fielders, you know. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm yeah. just saying. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, like, I, it does, I, it, I mean, I do think it, like, it's pretty, it's pretty, like, that had to be, like, a really cool childhood to have that, that whole thing around you where it's, like, athletics and creativity and and it feels like it's it's a very fun family in terms of just like you just said like (laughs) earlier the story is like and it's just like i can imagine being in that how like at dinner just it's just like like rambunctious (laughs) as hell like people like "Ah, you know but i think that that's i mean like i i think that you know like hillary like with your work like you can really like feel like kind of uh like a joy or or um and you know the in your expression and i think that probably to me it probably comes from that like how you grew up 
I, I mean, maybe I'm like speaking out of place, but it feels that way because there's, there's just like this, um, uh, what, what's the best word to say? Like it kind of an excitement or, you know, I, I use the word joy, um, energy, yeah. energy, like is another way to say it. And like, and you can tell like from these two here, <laughs> your dad and sister that there is yeah. like this, there's like kind of a, a lust for life or love for life. And, and I think that yeah. comes through in your work a lot. Yeah. I, I think that like, I don't know. I think Hannah can kind of attest to this too, is like, when you're growing up, like you don't really know any better. Like that's just kind of like what's normal. Yeah. And then it's like you get a little bit older and you're like, oh wow, like this isn't like most people's like childhood. Like this isn't yeah. like a normal, like most right. people's parents, like this isn't like a normal thing, you know? And so um, <laughs> you don't really like, you know, understand that until you until you get older um, I mean at least at least for me I don't know how, how about you Hannah yeah yeah I agree with that like I remember going over to like people's house when I was little and like I don't know I'm a lot like I don't know I'm like I was always told like hey you're, you're being a little much and I was like, <laughs> not, like I don't give a shit like you know what I mean I don't win you know like and I just remember like I would I was I don't know just to describe me like in third grade, I'd wear a red dress. I had this red dress I loved to wear to school, but I had to wear my indoor black Adidas uh, soccer shoes, at, you know, the, the original three stripes. And I'd wear those so I could play at recess, but my socks would have bows and they'd be ruffled. And I had a big, I have a bow in my hair right now. I'm 29. And I just like, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, I think that that's the thing is how we grew up was to be whoever you are and just, as my dad would say, fuck them and feed them fish heads <laughs> because it's like life's too short yeah. why why not be who you are and my mom would, she's right here she just walked in but she'd say the same thing and it's like and we they don't my mom and dad did such a good job with us always telling us people are not going to understand you and I just remember hearing that all the time but it wasn't in a negative context it was you need to be prepared people are not going to understand and until we got older, I was like, damn, they were right. Like, wow. Even in high school and even playing volleyball and I played for Team USA, I did all this stuff, you know, and people just were like, they couldn't comprehend the magnitude of success. And that was probably the best sentence I've ever said in my life. But like they, they people couldn't, <laughs> couldn't contain the energy because all of the things that happened to our family and all of the success, a lot of it was by chance. And I am a huge believer in energy. What you're saying is, is if you believe in the good, the good will come to you. If you focus on the bad, it'll manifest. And it's like, you know, for my dad, like he always saw the good in everything. And he always, I mean, he grew up in literally cornland. Like he's in a book and it's called One Shot at Forever. And it's about a Macon, Illinois baseball team. And it's basically, um, they, have a, they have a chapter on him. And it's like, Dennis Worth period because he just had a present <laughs> he was this big farm boy and the, the whole thing was is all these people all the universities came to see him how old were you you don't know those are recruits for college no for yeah we're hannah 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 listen i think i think they cut out i know i don't Hold know on. what's happening this is yeah 
Hey, you guys are, you guys, do you need to plug in? I think we, uh, we think we lost him. For <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. no. They're, yeah, they're frozen. That's all right. We can talk some more and then they can jump back on. Maybe they lost. Yeah, power. here, I'll, 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 I'll tell them to get back on. Let's see here. Yeah, they might have just lost power. Join back on. Okay, I, t I text them. Okay. <laughs> so this is a trip. This is like, this is, is this better than you thought it was going to be? This is pretty great. <laughs> I mean, I love, I love hearing their stories because I always say that like my family is like the best storytellers. So it's just. Well, like, I don't think you ever told me that your sister was a U.S. volleyball. Yeah, she she went to the University of Nebraska and she played pro. Um, That's serious. Overseas afterward, afterwards, yeah. Oh, there we go. Oh, I think they're back. Let's see here. Show. I think we're. I think they're back. You guys back? It says we are. She said we are um, trying to join back. Oh yeah, I see them on here. Um, but I didn't. I do like it's. Hillary, like, I mean, it just, it, it feels like such a lively family. There you go. We don't have, there we go. I don't think we have audio though. Turn your guys' audio on. There we go. You went into this, you went into this, you went into this crazy, like uh star Wars <laughs> version stuff. So it was good. <laughs> so, uh, what was I saying? The, the chapter amazing. Dennis Worth period. Dennis Worth period. Yeah. Oh, and then he was like dead. Okay, cool. Um, so, anyways, they said how naturally strong he was, and I always asked him. I, was, I read it, and I was like, "So, why were you so strong?" And he was like, "I bailed hay." <laughs> like, oh, and they'd steal pigs, and he'd hotwire cars, and then give them back. And all, he was nuts. He's crazy. He's nuts. So anyways, not anymore, not, no, not anymore, but he'd get chased by the police just to see it, if he could it, get away. <laughs> it, it, it took a little while, but my wife whipped me into parenting shape. Yeah. <laughs> it took a while, but anyway, so I'm still working on it. <laughs> He's one of the kids. Um, but all of these people came to see him play. And so Dennis pitched and he was throwing you're probably 90 plus miles an no, hour. At least 85. Okay. But for seven innings, he was a no hitter and then he got tired. No, no, no. no. It only, it didn't last that long. <laughs> no, it lasted three, three, oh, three. three, three innings. I blew three, everybody away. Seven, whatever. Yeah, I know. 221, whatever it takes. Yeah. Oh, yes. My dad's. Yeah. I'm like, he's Superman. So, but anyway, so all these people like came to see him play or whatever. And I remember reading it and I was in college, I think. And, and I, I was, you know, I played volleyball at university of Nebraska and, you know, that's a lot of pressure and a lot of anxiety. I mean, 10,000 people watching you play all the time. And I remember I asked him and I said, dad, what do you think when all those people, you know, were watching you like, just try, you know, advice and stuff, because it's like, sometimes it gets to you, you know, like, you know, some days you don't have the best day, whatever. And he was like, yeah, I was wondering why all those people were there. He had no idea. He had no clue that any of those people were there to see him. So he was just like, nah, whatever. It's all good. Like, you know, so it's like, it's, I, I think that's like, an interesting thing. Hint. Like, and first of all, like, it's so weird to me that Nebraska has such a good volleyball team just cause it's in the middle of nowhere. I never understood that, but Ohio awesome. state has a good one too. Yeah. But, um, it's, it's so interesting to me. Like 
with with sports and like when you get into those bigger spaces that you do not realize like how many people are there because like yeah. you're just in it but as an artist like when you put like there's a difference like in vulnerability to different actions i think i was mm-hmm. a, a <clears throat> m it whatever a singer as well and there's some comparison to being an athlete in terms of crowds or whatever but being an artist like when you have a like an exhibition or something you're by yourself like that you're like exposing yourself like when you make one of your lamps like that's like that's your baby like that's you know like Mm -hmm. and and so like those you know like hillary when you make a painting like you know like you put your stuff like when you're playing a game it's just a different thing it's it's a weird dynamic um but yet you're still vulnerable as an athlete but it's it's just in a different way I don't know. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, like physically exerting yourself isn't nearly as emotionally vulnerable as like, you know, somebody seeing something that comes out on a panel that subconsciously you don't know why it came out. So there's a completely different vulnerability to that. And uh, yeah, Yeah. I don't know. Now, I I think, yeah, I think like maybe just, like I'm always like I'm the innocent third bystander because it's like I, I don't I work with kids mostly and I, I'm not allowed to talk. This to is my you. mom. Yes, you are. <laughs> you can you can totally talk. Are you kidding me? You sit down here for a while. Yeah, I know. Seriously, I'm gonna let her sit down here no, for a while. No, no, they want. They want. This I can. This is for Hillary. And oh, here, just sit down. <laughs> I'm a dream crusher. Just sit down. <laughs> We did. We call her. That's her nickname, DC. Dream Crusher. I like. I like that you just came in. I'm a dream crusher. No, but you're like we. You know, we've been talking about the family in terms of world class athletes, all of you, (laughs) and but in the creativity side because that's what we do. Like we really like to talk about how creativity is like so beneficial to the mind and how it can like play a part in recovery and in, in, in performance even. And so like, it's, it's been like really interesting for me to get to know Hillary over the last couple of years. And, um, cause she's awesome for one, but just this, like right. how, like how the family, like, you know, like how it developed, um, you know, like the, her creativity over time. And then like to see Dennis's, you know, like he was doing those, lamps like so far back and that that to me is like that's an anomaly because back then you know athletes were not supposed to be making being creative or making art or whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. now it's more acceptable in some ways it's still not to that point where i think it should be Mm -hmm. um and then then to hear about you and so well for me (laughs) i grew up my grandfather was real creative my dad's dad and my dad, I mean, I always thought like he was like some designer in clothes because he always had the most awesome clothes. He, he, my mother never took me shopping. My dad did. And it, and it was an art. I mean, it, I mean, yeah. And my dad would take the girls shopping. That yeah, was he, like, used to, he used to take us, like, I remember being in like sixth and seventh grade and he's like, do you want to go to Abercrombie and Fitch? And I was like, who's grandpa <laughs> takes them to Abercrombie and Fitch? Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. And I have a lot of creativity, not like 
Dennis or Hillary, but I totally get it. But I, I think that's cool about all three of my kids is that from a very young age, I told them, pay attention to what interests you, yeah. what you like to do. I mean, and then the kids would like tell me, oh, I want to go here. I want to go to this school. I want to go to that school. And I was like, all right, well, then you're a great athlete. You need to learn how to work and earn it. Right. And then by the time you get there, you're going to have all the tools you need to be a successful citizen and pro- productive in our in our world. But I don't know. They thought I was really mean, and, and I was. <laughs> <laughs> Every time we go somewhere, everyone turns around, and they just be, they're like, be nice. And then when I am nice, they're like, Mom, be nice. I, go, I thought I was. <laughs> I was like, well, oh, God. Be nice. Yeah, my everyone. I mean, I think I'm being nice. <laughs> Evidently, she's bringing the sports sports mentality. You have to bring that tough love. It's tough love, right? Yeah, well, it's it's reality. And I would coach kids, and I would they all would cry, and I was like, "Are you crying?" They were like, "Well, you're hurting my feelings." Feelings, feelings. Let's let's put it this way. Speaking of, they were talking about competition. We walked the dogs last night. No, no. Are, is this being recorded? Don't you I dare. <laughs> no. People didn't get out of our way. They didn't get over to the other side. And you can just imagine what she said. And then she didn't look at the people because we had dogs and they didn't. And she was like, I would, do they not understand? Do they not, do, do they not have common sense? And I was like, she was We're like, walking dogs. I crossed the street and then they crossed the street. And I'm like, Really? Like, why did you do that? I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Like, see, you could, you can really see the, the, the family dynamic in this, which I think is awesome. And again, like what we were talking about earlier is just imagining the childhood of like what you kind of said, find what you love and do it. And like, you can yeah. see, like, you can see with Hillary, like, you know, she does like she has a love for life and a love for how she like makes work. Um, and I, I really, hey, you know, no, I, stop. I've okay, said this to Hillary before, but like you can see the joy when she works with with kids in the art classes. And that to me is mm-hmm. that to me is awesome. Like that's that's. Yeah, I agree. And I told her I, I remember she was a junior in high school and I was like, you need to be going to like art camp or, you know, do summer stuff. And she was like, no, I got to finish this. I got to do this. I got to, you know, whatever, whatever. And I was like, all right, you know, that's cool. But you know, I, she got a great education. So that was very beneficial, you know, in life. But I guess for me was when they would start talking when they were younger and I grew up going to the ballpark with my dad and I'm watching, you know, Carl Yastrzemski, Roger Maris, the Canigliaros, um, Willie Mays. And I'm watching people work hard every day to maybe be successful that night. You know, I mean, they might go 0 for 4. They might go 1 for 3. But every day I was in an environment that was disciplined and you work hard. And, you know, it's like there's 
no crying in baseball for the lack of better words. But I don't know. I just baseball. Baseball, I I think, is I mean, I'm I'm biased in this because I'm a former baseball player. But I think baseball is so connected to being an artist in that sense of failure. And I because the best baseball players in the world fail 70 percent of the time. Or, you know, and, and I think that's the same as an artist, but it's that, that, you know, like that want to get better, you know, like, like a baseball player, get like your dad was saying, going to the baseball cage, like what Jason wanted to go to the baseball, you know, to hit. And, and that's probably the same for Hillary and I, it's like, we are constantly going to the studio to try to get better, whatever that means as an artist. But and right. and we fail a lot, but I think that's where the learning takes place. Um, and, yeah, and so- oh, I agree. And these guys were lucky because they had Dennis, who was. It's, I have a great heart. I mean, I'm a very giving person, but I'm such a realist about everything that it's kind of a curse and a blessing. Right. So my reality and my harshness he approached it with a little bit more of a, a softer touch. And I think that, I think that they, I always would tell them do as I say, not as I do. And (laughs) Hillary, can you confirm this? (laughs) Yeah. Well, they all can. Oh God. Talk to Jason. I mean, he'd get, I took, he was in eighth grade and the girls were little and my parents were gone. Dennis was gone. And I was like, listen, I'm not going to come to one more basketball game and watch you run around in circles. You're either going to play or you're not. You're talented. So here's the deal. You score. You got to score 20 points tonight or you're grounded. (laughs) Wow. I mean, yeah, I I remember that. Oh, yeah. I I am not coming one more time to watch you run around in circles. Sam, you can say that. But yeah. it's so funny. And he scored like 25 points. And I was like, all right, I guess I'll come to another game. <laughs> I remember being in second grade. I remember being in second grade and we had a competitive soccer game. I was playing competitive soccer. And what did I have the flu, Kim? Oh, you were older than seven. You were, you were like in, um, you were like 10, okay. 10, 10 to 11, maybe sixth grade. We were in Iowa for a soccer tournament and Hillary was really sick. And I, in between uh, games, I took her to urgent care because she had a fever and um, she was thrown up. Well, she had strep throat and ear infection or something like that. She got the medicine down her and I go, okay, well, we'll go back and, um, you know, cheer your team on. You can sit in the car. And the coach sees us drive up. He walks halfway around the field to the car and looks at Hillary and raises his, his hands. And she was like, I'm fine. Went and played. <laughs> he put her in. She's puking. She scored three goals. And he, and he, he was like, okay, go back to the car. I mean, it was, it was awesome. <laughs> but I told her, I said, I'm going to tell you something. When you learn how to play sick or hurt or what, I mean, what happens in life to you is it, it gives you confidence to know that you're going to be okay. Toughens you up. I mean, of course, it, pardon me. I said it toughens you up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I said, it's different if you like 
you know, how bad, you know, your ankle sprained or, you know, I mean, did you twist it? Did you break it? You know, but I said, once you learn how to play sick and hurt, it's not about the sport. It's about your mental toughness. And they thought I was pretty, they thought I was pretty harsh sometimes. And I'm sure I was, but I don't know. It, It was very natural for me. And I'm not saying that I'm right. No, I'll say I'll say this. I'll I'll say that. Yeah. Like as a kid, I mean, like who wants to hear that? Nobody like, you know, you're a kid. But as I get older and as I as I teach kids and I see kind of this next generation, it's just like I'm so glad that I had somebody that cared enough to, you know, lay down the law because I see so many kids that don't have that and that they're just like they don't have somebody to like you know to to make them tough and and to to present them the reality of of the world it's like yeah things should be a certain way but they're not and i'm not saying not saying to accept how things are like fight for like what you want but like also if you just sit around and you just pout all the time like good fucking luck because it's just like that's i don't know what to tell you Yep. And then I'm like, wow, I'm turning into my mother. <laughs> <laughs> well, but Hillary had learning disabilities all through school. And, you know, I kept telling her, I was like, Hillary, you don't, you're fine. There's nothing wrong with you. You just would rather do art than math, although you're good at math. But your mind, she had both sides of her brain going all the time. And I would go to these stupid meetings and, I would just sit there and I, you know, I would tell her at an early age, I said, there's nothing wrong with you. Okay. So you can't hear very well. Okay. So there's a problem there, but you have to figure out how to make it better because they don't care that you're going to be a statistic in the educational system. Sit in the front row. If you, if you're, if you can't hear that day, then read lips, whatever, but it helped her in life. Because I, I was like, you're going to have to figure out that one thing that you feel that you need. Yep. Just one. And that's what we'll fight for. Just one. Once you just say, you know, whatever, whatever. But it was that was a battle, and that's a whole other story, and I could go on for days about that. But anyway, I, I'm, I'm really proud of my kids Mostly because each one of them think that they're my favorite, which I obviously <laughs> am doing a good job there. I, I just but. want you to know that I am my mom's favorite. So um, I am literally called I am literally called the rose between two thorns. I just want okay. that to be known. So that would be that, you, Hillary. You would that. be the rose between two thorns. See? Don't forget it. <laughs> <laughs> you are you are so welcome, Hillary. You are welcome. <laughs> But mostly I'm so proud that they all are individuals. They think for themselves. I don't, I mean, we can agree to disagree, but at the end of the day, it's, it's okay to feel things, but you have to understand the reality of the world we live in. Just because you think something's right doesn't mean that's going to be done. So that's where I'm glad as they've gotten older like I would tell them, I didn't make the rules, but if you're going to progress in this life, 
you need to pay attention and be aware of the silent rules in life. No. So you don't mess up too bad. You can mess up and you can do whatever, but I am really proud of that for them, that their, their awareness is, I think, probably their, all of their best qualities. Yeah. And I, I love that. Yeah. I, that sounds like an awesome ending. Like that, that was like a really good recap of everything. And Hillary, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to do another one later in, in, you know, like you and I <laughs> talking more about art specifically and, and stuff. But this, this was like really cool because again, I think your family and this, and it, it even more than I thought, like there's so much energy, like, again, there's so much creativity. There's so much athleticness. That's not a word, but I'm going to use it <laughs> in the family. And it's, and it's like, and you can really see that while there's like a lot of love in, in that, and there's a lot of, a lot of respect and there's a lot of just fun. Um, and this to me was just like, this was a blast. I hope this was fun for you guys. Absolutely. Oh, I, thank you so very much. Oh, I don't God. know what's really going on. But <laughs> I, Welcome I, to the abstract I, athlete I, podcast. <laughs> Well, I'm just kind of a, I'm a loose cannon. I probably, you know, who knows no, if I'll is, make it, make it through is, the day. This is good. Um, well, thank you all for jumping on here. Thank you. Um, and it was a pleasure to meet you guys in sort of person. And tell Dennis, yeah. well, I'll be in touch be in touch with Dennis because we still want to do stuff um, with the lamps at different events oh, when, yeah. when the world comes back and we can actually do stuff again. Um, um, and then Hillary will, will catch up and, um, but keep being awesome. This was, this was like really great. So. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm going to take the dogs to the groomer. I'm going to take my dog. I'm one of the dogs. So yeah. Bye. Thanks Hannah. Bye Bye, Hillary. Hillary. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye Hillary. Thank you again to the Worth family. Really one of the more lively and fun podcasts we've done and just genuinely a really great family. Um, make sure to check out Hillary's work on Instagram at Hillary Worth Art. That's H-I-L-L-A-R-Y-W-E-R-T-H Art. Appreciate everyone listening to The Abstract Athlete Podcast. Again, stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com and our social media outlets for future events pop-up exhibits, podcasts, and other information. See you soon as we talk with artist and former professional baseball pitcher Richard Sullivan. Thanks as always, and do not forget to exercise the body and do not forget to exercise the mind. Stay well out there.